So I was thinking today, Kev, Mm -hmm. it's becoming hard to think of foolish things to say at the beginning of these episodes. We've done a lot of them. We've done a whole bunch of them, and what we've done them for is Namecast. So hello, everybody. Welcome to Namecast. My name is Nathan, and beside me is Kevin. Now, this is our weekly games show, our podcast that posts all around the globes. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we talk about a specific video game every single week, specifically an indie game. This week, we're talking about Firewatch by Campo Santo. Yeah. Ooh. Big one that came out last year. Pretty cool. Yeah, it came out last year. So we're going to be talking about that later in the episode. And next week, if you want to play along with us and be a part of the conversation, um, we're going to be playing Antichamber. So get ready to get your puzzle on. Yeah. I've fought this one for a while. Like every week, (laughs) I feel like you've been like, can we do Antichamber? I'm like, no, no. I've been wanting to play it. I know, man. And I just, I'm so scared of the puzzles. But anyway, so we're going to be playing that next week. Now, we're also going to be talking about other things because we do news and all that on this show. Um, so we're going to be talking about SGDQ, Summer Games Done Quick, the Installation One project that's been given blessing by 343, and Platinum Trophy issues on the PlayStation systems. Mm-hmm. But Kevin, we got to get it out of the way here. What have you been up to? What's the housekeeping? Um, not, not a whole awful lot. Okay. Um, I've been doing some camera stuff this week. Mm. Went out to a disc golf course. Yeah. Got bit by a bunch of mosquitoes, which I found are oddly attracted to my camera. Specifically your camera? Specifically the camera. Yeah, they just hover around it. So I don't know if it's like... Was it hot out? It could have been like, because it's a black camera, maybe it absorbs light a little more. I I don't know. I think it's probably something to do with the plastics, a little scent that attracts mosquitoes, because that's pretty much all they go off of. Yeah. Um, Yeah, yeah. That was a little bit interesting. I hope too many don't fly in front of my lens. Because tomorrow, I'm doing a big old shoot, and you'll be joining me for that. Yeah, so what are we doing? We're going to be filming a disc golf tournament here. Yeah, it's, apparently there's going to be some good players, too, from yeah, right here. Yeah, some people from the United States of America. Whoa, all the way down there. Wow. Distant lands. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, doing a bit of that and just kind of planning for that and stuff. And as far as games, the only games I played, didn't do the Halo thing this week, um, <laughs> and played a... Uh, uh, Firewatch for this. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Anything that's, else? Uh, that's pretty much everything for me. Wow. Tight week. Tight succinct. week. Um, what I've been up to? Um, I played Firewatch, and I also played Antichamber to get ready for it because I expect this coming week to be very busy. Yeah. It'll be good. I can't talk about why yet because it has yet to be confirmed. Ah, but uh, hopefully next week I'll be able to chat about all that and stuff. Um, other than that, just been biking a lot. Biked through uh, through the city for the first time the yeah. other day. Um, because what I want to do is I want to bike through a lot a lot of cities going forward, and I have a big trip planned out. And um, but we live in a very small city. Yes. Right. So I was like, how do I 
treat it as if it were a big city. Well, I just go out on Canada Day, like one of the busiest days of the year here in one of the most popular areas. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I was going through it. Man, you got to have a head on a freaking swivel going through. It's just like (laughs) I am turning left, right, left, right. Like there's people flying at every direction. There's this and that is it's something else, man. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I have like the mental capacity to do that for like five or six hours straight. Yeah, hopefully you don't really put yourself into the middle of downtowns. Yeah, I think I'm going to try to plan that out and avoid that when I go on bigger uh, adventures across the country. Stay at the trucker hotels. Yeah, the trucker hotels are where people die, though. Ah, That's fine. (laughs) Just don't get dead. Yeah. (laughs) Cool. Um, So, yeah, that's what we've been up to now, Kevin. We got some news here. We got the SGDQ Summer Games done quick. What is that exactly? It's it's the thing I talk about every twice a year. <laughs> I know, but maybe people forget. Yes, so it's a uh, speedrunning event mm. that raises money for charity, mm-hmm. um, normally related to cancer and Doctors Without Borders. Yes, I forget which one. Like, so the summer one is one of those things, and the winter one is w- the other. Yeah. Um. Anyways, so yeah, they're raising money doing speedrunning, and it's usually a super entertaining. Uh, week and a bit long event and this one starts um i guess middle of the day sunday right now yeah so it's currently <laughs> ongoing when this yep. right well when we're recording it just yep. began uh and when this release will be ongoing and yeah i'm sure a bunch of cool runs will have already happened that you can catch the vods for or if not definitely make sure to tune in on like the final night because those are always super entertaining so now have you checked the schedule at all um, I checked it out a while ago, back when it was like announced. Yeah, there was definitely some cool runs on there. I think Luigi's Mansion is really early on, like okay. sometime today. So yeah, I'm super excited to watch that one. Um, there's a Dark Souls three with the first DLC, like all bosses. Oh, nice! Which yeah, should be super awesome. And yeah, I. I there's nothing crazy. Oh, there's Halo Combat Evolved today as well. Oh, that's awesome. It's really exciting. And Metroid Prime, <laughs> right after Luigi's Mansion. So, yeah, I, it, it starts off really well. The rest the rest of it, like, through the middle is pretty okay. Yeah. And if I remember, they did something a little interesting at the end. Because I think I mentioned this the last time or two, is the endings have they've been changing it up a bit more because they've had some issues. Normally, they end on oh. Super Metroid. Yeah. Um, and do, like, the uh, save or kill the animals. Yep. Donation drive thing. Yep. Um, that's actually on the second last day. Okay. Instead of the final day. And they're actually ending the thing on uh, Earthbound. Yeah. And there's going to be some mystery game before Earthbound that we'll find out. But also Majora's Mask before that. And Super Mario 64 before that. That's pretty so, sweet. So, yeah. I, I, I don't know what Super Panga World is. But Super Mario 64 to the end of the day. Like, those are going to be some awesome games. Nice. Assuming they put something cool in that 50-minute block of time they left open. Very cool. Oh, I'm excited to see the super hot let's, uh, uh, speed run. That's going to be cool. Yeah. Actually, that gets into some news keep- or housekeeping I forgot. Yes. I bought some games, too, because Steam Summer Sale's going uh-huh. on, right? Yeah. <laughs> what I'm finding, actually, is I think I bought like, a lot more games than I usually do last year. Because like, looking at these sales, like I already own pretty much all of them that I want. Yeah. Um, however, I... I fleshed out that list a little bit more um i bought cave story plus okay i've heard a lot of really good things about it i'm not sure if it's exactly the type of game for me but i want to check it out is it a, is it a shmup 
like a platformer shmup kind okay. of thing. Okay. Yeah. Um, I've, I've heard a lot of like comparisons to like, or Downwell got compared to it a lot because of the combat being very well integrated into other gotcha. mechanics. Okay. Um, so I'm interested to see that. Uh, I got the uh, complete season of Life is Strange. Oh, buddy. Yeah, so I'm excited to play that. It should be a good little story. I've Actually a lot of good ties into the, this week's game. Yeah. Yeah, I know. A little Same bit. voice actors. Yeah. In one of the... Anyway, we'll get into it. <laughs> yep. And uh, Crypt of the Necker Dancer, which is one you love. Yeah, buddy. You know what? I've been hankering. I've had, a, I've had to have time, but I've had a hankering to play it. I reinstalled it on my computer. And we'll be playing yeah. it on the podcast in a couple weeks. Yeah. So prepare for that. So if you want to pick it up now to play along with us, go for it. Yep. And the other thing I got was a super hot. Super hot. Both, you got both the, the VR PC and too. VR. So now, okay, when are you going to pull the trigger on those Oculus Touch controllers? Um, Probably my next paycheck in a couple of weeks. Oh, dang. Really? Yeah. Okay. They're pretty. They're actually, I think the prices on them went down. Yeah. They're How cheaper much? than I remember at 140 Canadian. That's a, okay. Now, I, think, I think they used to be 200. And, uh, yeah, a buddy of mine who's also into VR kind of confirmed that for me. That yeah. yeah, they went down at some point. I think when the Vive price went down. Okay, yeah. and from what I hear, these are quite good. Yeah, yeah, I heard a lot of good things about the controllers. I'm really excited to use them, especially for super hot VR. Like apparently, that's like the best VR experience. Okay, that you can get right now because so. they provide a better level of tracking than the Vive controllers, if I've heard correctly. I believe. Yeah, and that they're just more comfortable, a little more usable. Okay. Yeah. Uh, cool. Tracking, uh, yes and no. Okay. Like, you have to be in the cameras, and the cameras have a weird shape as opposed to the room scale, which is pretty close to just being a square. Right. Gotcha. And or you at least set up what that area is, so it's kind of easier to stay in the bounds. Yeah. But the touch controller is a little more accurate while you're in there. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Cool. Do you get any other games? Or is that the... That list? List. I picked up a few soundtracks to use on this podcast. Yeah. Yeah, believe it or not, actually, for most of the stuff that we do on this, we get that music, like, we buy it. Yeah. It's usually you, for the most part. Just me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I bought a Shovel Knight soundtrack once for one of the Let's Plays. Ah, nice. Yeah. nice. So that's pretty much it. Um, but yeah. I don't know. A few bucks. Support. Support some awesome music. Really, like oh, all those man. soundtracks have been very happy to my favorite, have like, on my computer. The so Danger far. Zone soundtrack? Oh, my God. <laughs> Woo! Knocked my socks off. Yeah. <laughs> Jokes. Uh, <laughs> so, Installation 1. What is this, Kev? So, Installation 1 is... Something that like I've kind of wanted to do. It's a uh, fan project to make Halo multiplayer, basically. Okay. But like that Halo one two three style multiplayer, not the stuff afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, they're making it in Unity, apparently. Yeah. Huh. Um. So yeah, they're. It's kind of just this fan project to do that, and basically they were worried for a long while that they were gonna get shut down by three four three. Yeah, and I guess they were pretty aggressive about reaching out to three four three and be like, "Hey, are we good?" Um, and then eventually three four three like made a statement. It's like, "Yeah, you guys are good. Here's what you can't do." Okay. Um, but so far, you guys aren't doing anything, any of those things. And yeah, it, it basically just sums down. Just don't get yourself confused with a Microsoft product. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and don't use our stuff. But they can still use the Halo IP. Not the Halo IP. Okay, okay. So yeah, it's it's installation one. It is very Halo like. Um right. looks a lot like Halo. Plays should play like it. I haven't actually tried it. Um but yeah, it's as long as they're doing good then I guess they're doing good. 
But I don't know. It's <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was a great, no, great statement. But like, yeah. I, one thing that kind of worries me though is Halo, especially the earlier designs, are very controller centric. Okay. The des- the the way that Halo is different from regular FPSs are different because they were trying to make it work well for a controller. Right. Um, which means this game, this fan project would be optimally played with the controller. on a controller. Yeah. And everybody using a controller. Yeah. On a console. But obviously this isn't going to be like some big release project, on yeah. the Xbox One. Yeah, it's probably Like not that's not yet. how it's going to live. So I feel like they'll never be able to capture like the magic of Halo 1, 2, or 3 simply because of that. Right. Okay. Yeah. So now what does it mean to be a game that's optimized specifically for a controller? Like what does that entail exactly? So it was mostly the design decisions of the game. So Halo, you turn slowly because you're using a controller. You turn slowly with a controller. However, because of that, you actually have a whole bunch of health and the guns don't do much that da- much damage so you live for a long time right right you're it takes like at best like two and a half seconds to kill somebody which is enough time for them to turn and stuff yeah um so you know there's there's that aspect which is just just a bit the one v one shooting but really how the team play works out is that it is focused on making sure each of your teammates are looking at their own kind of area and that people look at like enemies together and shoot like team shoot enemies together. Right. Um, so a lot of the actual being good at halo, like above just like being accurate or being able to move around the map smoothly and stuff is actually just knowing where to look when. Okay. Right. And that's, that's a big part of what halo competitive is. Whereas if you're playing, I don't know, counter strike or some PC shooter, where you're looking really doesn't matter that much because you can change where you're looking in a quarter of a second. Right. Yeah, gotcha. Right. So, yeah, and you can punish people just for looking the wrong way. And, like, you know, that's even, like, emphasized in, like, assassinations are kind of celebrated in Halo. And that's the reason why is because, you know, you're punishing people for looking the wrong way. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So, yeah, that's what I mean by saying this design is controller-centric. Okay. Hmm. Very, very cool. Um, so now, next thing we have that I think is interesting is, if you didn't know, the game, I forget the name of the game, it was really dumb. It was like Super 5 something other, uh, what do we got here, just a second. Anyway, Sony pulled a game from their store because it proclaimed itself as just basically a really fast way to get a platinum trophy. Now, if you don't Mm -hmm. know what platinum trophy is, um, so Sony has a trophy system. To, for achievements, basically. Yeah. So it's it's similar to the Microsoft achievement system, but better. Um, <laughs> it's basically the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so you get trophies instead, and when you complete the game and get everything in it, or you get all the other trophies, then you get the Platinum Trophy. Now, it's called, yes, 5 Star 1000 Top Rated. <laughs> yes, that is literally the name of the game. And what this game is, is it's a super easy puzzle tile game. Yeah. Something that's kind of sketchy about it, though, it's made from a company that sells PS4 themes, and the uh, <laughs> the game just uses the themes as the tiles, right? Oh. <laughs> so it's like it's like kind of like a tie-in yeah. thing. And how they advertised it was they said you you can uh, yeah you, it was claimed that you could get the platinum trophy in just twenty minutes. 
Now, the interesting thing about the Platinum Trophy is that certain indie games aren't allowed to get it, like good ones. Yeah. And they request it, and Sony's like, nah. So from what I understand from hearing Greg Miller talk about it for years and years is that people just need to push. And then you'd be like, no, we really want a platinum. And Sony's like, okay. Yeah. And that's kind of how it goes. But then why the fuck would they let something like this get a platinum? You know what I mean? Like, this isn't even really a game. It's just kind of garbage. Yeah. So it sets up the idea of a gatekeeper because, you know, people are saying, oh, Sony's pulling it. That means they're paying attention. Well, no, it's clear that they're not paying attention if they allowed this to go on. It's just... It's basically someone selling a platinum trophy for two bucks. Yeah. Making a little bit of money off of it and doing not really much on their end. Yeah. Sure. This, this thing's like been on the store for a while, right? A, a decent while, yeah, from my understanding. Yeah, but uh, I don't know, man. It's really interesting because, you know, I talked about it a while back. There was a game called My Name is Mayo, which was basically the same idea. There's literally a jar of mayonnaise and you tap on it. And if you tap on it like a thousand times, you get your platinum trophy. Yeah. But the only reason why Sony didn't pull that game is because they didn't advertise themselves as being a fast way to get a trophy. Basically. <laughs> is what's going on. So you know what I mean? Like, clearly they're not paying attention, but should they be shutting down certain games from entering on their store? Because ultimately, I think at that console experience, you're dealing with, um, you know, you, you are dealing with some hardcore gamers, but on the whole... You're really dealing with more casual gamers for the most yeah. part, right? You're dealing with families. You're dealing with, you know, the the parent who only has an hour a week to play a game and they look on the store for something good. Yeah. You would prefer that to be, or you'd think they would prefer that to be a, like a kind of a curated experience and like only quality experiences on there for the most part. And sure, I understand quality is subjective, but a game that advertises itself as the fastest way to get a platinum trophy and it's pretty <laughs> much garbage. Like... Yeah. I don't know. It's, I don't know. At some point, quality is not completely subjective, and yeah, <laughs> you know, I think it's pretty obvious that these people aren't putting much effort into making these games and just looking to make money off of a store place of, I don't know, potentially gullible people or people are putting too much meaning into the platinum trophy. Well, every game that's put up there sells at least a thousand copies. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. Because it's put in front of a lot of eyes and people just being like, what the hell is this? Two bucks? Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's like that's what you get with curated stores. And I don't know, Sony's just doing a bad job curating, it seems. Yeah. But it also brings up the question of if I'm someone who wants, you know, if I want that, is it okay for Sony to be like, nah, you can't do that? Like, you know what I mean? If that's the product I want to pay for, you know, is there something wrong with that? Uh, not really like you know this gets into what i've talked about a couple times where it's like it's just best if we have multiple storefronts yeah and within a console you mean or what do you mean it, well like i talked about it in terms of pc gaming and yeah like, you know steam and itch and gog and i understand it gaming and that kind gaming, of stuff but, but like I, th I think even in console and i definitely think that there should be the um you know brand ran store like microsoft running there store for xbox and sony running their store for playstation but there should be options outside of that too like you know if there's some experimental thing that you know somebody wants to put up for people to try on their playstations then you know what's what's wrong with giving them an option to do that i think that will never happen oh i really doubt it will <laughs> just because yeah those you know, companies want to cut of the pie and well, when they're selling it on the store, they get more of that cut, right? Am I misunderstood? Well, no, you can still do cuts like through other storefronts and stuff like that. Right? Yeah, but, but there's still like there's a certification thing that would probably still need to happen. But you know, I, I 
think there's definitely room for some kind of like opt-in storefront that's like has you know it's a little more open to developers to experiment in kind of kind of kind of like what steam did with um like the early access sections and you know, right. that kind of yeah, stuff yeah, yeah, like yeah. what they're trying with that I'd, I'd like to see console people try and do something a little more similar to that because you know they are pushing for like you know unity and unreal engine games easy to build for these consoles on um right but they don't have any kind of way to make it easy to sell on you know you still have to like contact them and like do a sales pitch to them yeah. for your game and it's a lot of work to get it on there i get what you're saying but at the same time as we're saying that consoles on the most part tend to uh bring in a more casual audience you know how do you think a casual player who doesn't really know much would uh react to playing a game and it's buggy as shit and broken and well that's, like, my, that's what experience. i mean by opt-in right yeah. like something like a more hardcore user can go after okay right and it's not like console is void of hardcore people like there are people who are no, very absolutely. into video games who yeah. use consoles pretty much exclusively but the majority is more the not i, I don't want to say casual but i don't know the more everyday gamer that you wouldn't know be I mean? that interesting in that type of yeah. stuff but i don't know it's still a sizable portion that you know yeah. could be interested in that kind of stuff and you know i i think that's really the next step for console manufacturers to aid indie developers on okay selling games on console instead of just going through steam which is now even easier than ever because of steam direct yeah 100 bucks yeah super easy it's interesting too because it seems like that's how sony tried to launch their platform initially you know they brought up all the indies back in that classic uh 2013 conference at e3 and they brought up all these indies on stage and say that they're you know they're making waves and trying to make things easier for indies well i think you know, with Sony's marketing and everything like that, it seems like they're not really going along that side of things at this point. They really don't seem that interested in indies anymore. No. From, I, I'm pretty sure that Unity and Unreal supports PlayStation, but like, yeah. I hear like next to nothing about updates for like building for those things. Whereas oh, yeah. like, you know, Microsoft and even Nintendo are u- updating yeah. for building like for their platforms on there way more often. And yeah, Sony didn't even show any E3 or indie games at their E3 conference. Yeah, which is really peculiar. So I don't know yeah. because I remember, uh, I forget who it was, but I remember hearing one of the executives talk about that and he was just like, it's not really pressing for us right now. It's like, whoa, okay. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. I don't know. It's weird too because like you look at Microsoft Showcase and there's a shit ton of indie games that people were like super impressed with and you know, oh, yeah. now that's related to Microsoft. Yeah. And probably a lot of those are going to be coming to PlayStation as well, but they didn't get the spotlight. Yeah. Well, well even, even then, like it's in people's minds as, exactly. oh, I saw this at the Microsoft show. Yeah. Yeah. Check for that on my Xbox. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. Really interesting that they decided to go that way because I mean, we, well, this is why we do a podcast on indie games, but you know, if you, if, if you only play AAA games, have fun playing like two games you like a year. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that's, you just you get more experiences this way. So I don't know. We'll see what happens there, Kev. But I think that's probably a good a time as any to transition into our topic of the show. Mm-hmm. Now, the game we're playing this week is Firewatch. Uh, so this is developed by Campo Santo and published by Panic. Now, it was launched in February 9th, 2016. It's on uh, PC, Linux, OS, uh, all the stuff, basically. Um, yeah. 
So now this studio, Kev, kind of interesting. It was founded in 2013 by four friends of varying different backgrounds. I think the lead fella, whose name I can't remember at the moment, um, he worked on the Telltale games, uh, yeah. specifically Walking Dead. Yep. And he was involved in that. So that's kind of interesting. And Firewatch is their first game yeah. that has come out. So yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, now the game is set in 1989 in the Wyoming wilderness. It features rich summer. So now if you've ever, have you watched Mad Men? No, I have not. Which is which I think is weird because when I think of like a show that like when I think of Kevin as a show, I think of Mad Men. <laughs> so like I think I think you'd really like it. Yeah, I think I've heard that before. Uh, anyway, he's Harry Crane in that he's also in uh, Glow, I believe. Oh no, wait, maybe that's a different guy. Anyway, uh, and he's the game's lead. Uh, so he plays Henry, and then we have Sissy mm-hmm. Jones, who I was talking about a little bit earlier, who plays Joyce Price in Life is Strange, and she plays Delilah. Delilah. Now, what we normally do is we don't get into spoilers until we say we are going to do so. So, you know, that's just kind of what we do here. I should also note that apparently this is going to be a movie. Oh, really? Yes. Campo Santo has partnered up with Good Universe to adapt it into a film. Now, if you don't know Good Universe, they are a production studio behind, I don't know, like Neighbors and Don't Breathe and some of those other movies. Okay. Have you seen not seen Neighbors? No, I haven't. Have you not seen Don't Breathe? No. Okay, these are legit movies. I, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah. Um, yeah, so that's interesting, I think. Yeah. That's that, kind of cool. The game kind of plays out like a movie in a way. So what the game is, is you start off and you are Henry. Yeah. Now, I like the way that this game starts off because you kind of get like a text adventure kind of thing to pick the decisions at the beginning. Yeah, it's, it's this real simple thing. And like, normally, like, I'd call it kind of lazy. Yeah. But yeah, what it does is like, it gives you... Kind of a little, little bit of exposition, exposition, a little bit of story, and then there's like a line that you have to click on to progress. Yeah. And like, I don't know, that's okay. I guess like you need to slow it down as some amount, but what they did that was really nice is that you have to click on that line that is almost always some action that Harry did. Yeah. And like, just just clicking on that makes it makes you feel a little bit of ownership for doing that action exactly and like it's it's impressive how much like emotional attachment they build up for these two characters in the intro like in like two minutes not yeah even. yeah so basically you have uh, henry and then you have julia and julia is going to eventually become his wife so you know you get uh, you know henry's drunk when he meets her and he says yeah. something stupid and then she kind of makes fun of him and it's kind of it's this path and they go down their life and uh, you know she gets a job all the way across the country. Yeah. And so you get the option of being like, no, don't do it. Or, um, you know, well, yeah, you can do it, but you have to commute back and forth kind of thing. Yeah. And it goes on. And at the beginning of this, I kind of felt a bit of a, uh, a disconnect between Henry and myself. And like, it's like, what would you do? And it's like, well, I wouldn't make either of these options. Yeah. So, okay. It's immediately set up in my mind. Like Henry and I are very different people. Yeah. Like that teaches that's you who Henry is exactly. as a character. Which is which is really interesting for sure. And then what ends up going on is uh Julia ends up getting Alzheimer's. Yeah. At the young age Early of like, onset. Yeah, like thirty nine or something like that. Yeah. Um so anyway, so uh you know, and if if you're not familiar with Alzheimer's at all, I mean obviously you know it it, it affects your memory and everything like that, but you just think of it as being something like, oh, I forgot where the keys are, like something like that. But it's actually no, it's, pretty devastating. It's aggressive. Yeah. So it reaches points where, you know, she doesn't know who he is. Yeah. And, you know, she's just going places, totally forgetting where she's going, why she's doing things. You know, it's uh, it'd be pretty emotionally disruptive, yeah. to say the least. So anyway, she ends up going back with her family back to Australia. Mm-hmm. And Henry doesn't know what to do. 
So he sees an ad in the paper that says they're looking for a fire watch. So someone just to be out by themselves in the wilderness to watch for forest fires all summer. Yep. Says game goes for it. Yep, and that's kind of where you're you're starting off in this journey. So now it plays as a um, as a first person, kind of a walking simulator. Yeah. Is how this be described. And I mean, we just got to start off here. This game is beautiful. Super pretty. Oh, it has Super such pretty. a nice art style. Yeah, they did a lot of really, really nice stuff. It's kind of like as, far a, as technical effects go, they use a lot of bloom and they do a color grading as well. Yeah, actually, which, a lot yeah, of it. Man, those pays sunsets. Off very well. Oh. oh yeah, those sunsets are nice. It's kind of like a kind of a low poly style almost. Yeah, it's like mid poly. What would you call that? <laughs> I don't know. High low poly. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. It's, it's got a simplistic kind of art style, but you know, it has detail where it needs detail. Yeah, yeah. So it's I don't know. It's it, really beautiful area and i have to give credit to the the way they designed this uh park basically you're in like a big national park kind of near yellowstone yep. um and it's just like it was really i think well designed and like a yeah this this feels like a like a national park kind of way like it has little grooves and paths in it and like signs of where to go yeah they did a good few uh gdc talks about both the art design and like the environment design and you know yep. tricks and stuff they used how they made the game. I definitely suggest watching those if you're interested in game development processes. Mm, mm, yeah, some great GDC talks sometime, man. Awesome. Yeah. Always good ones on there. Anyway, uh, yeah, so it's really interesting to see that. And, you know, you just kind of get, uh, I don't know about you, but I felt like connected to certain areas being like Jonesy Lake. I know exactly where that is. You yeah. Know? And you go down there, like there's just certain spots. I have areas around. that you like more than other areas. Yeah. And I think something that it does well is it also like, it doesn't give you a mini map or anything like that, you know, cause I find in something like, let's say the Witcher, you know, I was playing it and it's a big, beautiful open world. And what I was looking at 95% of the time was a little map and a little blip on a screen, you know yeah. what I mean? Like going towards it. So I like that they didn't give you the option to do that. And if you wanted to look at a map, it was kind of clunky and obtuse, like a real map. Yeah, there's a physical map that you can bring up, and you have to like look closer at it and yeah, kind of scroll around it to see what it is you're looking One for. One of the things that I wished, I wished that um, it didn't actually show you where you were on the map, and that it um, it just had like more terrain details. Yeah, I think that would be nice to do. That they definitely would have had to make it more obvious where you are in the terrain. Yeah, because. Yeah, it was a little confusing. A little confusing points, sometimes, yeah. But I don't know. I just I like the idea of having to properly orient myself because I don't know about you, but I never use my compass once. Oh really? Oh, you use it a lot. I used the compass and fell back on the map. Okay. Yeah. I I never I I think I looked at the compass a couple times, but I was like, I'm just gonna orient myself based on this blip on the map. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. For me, for me, it was like, okay, I know. I'd like I'll look at the map, find out which direction I have to go. Yeah, and then if I'm ever kind of unsure if I'm still headed in that general direction, I bring up the compass and be like, yeah, okay, or you know, oh shit, like oh, I need to turn. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Cool. Um, now, what do you have to say about the music of this game? It's kind of sparse, but I think when it needs sparse. it, it's good. Yeah, I don't know. It's towards the end, it uses it all right a few times, but yeah. it's kind of kind of interesting. I feel like a lot of the times, like just during the middle of the game, like when it comes in, it comes in really strong and noticeable it's not very yeah. smooth how they, how they bring it in but the music itself is actually quite good yeah yeah it's, it's interesting it's one of those things like it there's not much of it i think it fits the mood well but I, I do get where you're coming from where it's 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 not very strong but like 
I mean, it comes in too strong, but at the same time, it's not like memorable. Like it's it's not like a, it's the a music you'd expect this game to have. Yeah, yeah. L- like you'd expect for a movie, which is them saying that it's going to be turned into a movie. I'm like, yeah, I can make sense out of that. Yeah, I guess. I don't know if it's gonna be a very interesting movie, but they could certainly make it interesting. Fleshing yeah. out that beginning part and getting yeah. to know uh, Harry and Julia more. Right. Or Henry. Yeah, Henry. Henry. Yeah, you yeah. can call him Delilah Henry. Delilah calls him Harry a bit. Uh, Hank. Hank. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 Oops. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, getting to know Henry a little more would be certainly interesting. Yeah, so if we haven't described Henry at all, he's like a 40-something-year-old man. Yeah. Um, who's just, he's not trying to find himself, but he's just, he's he's basically gone in here to pretty much run away from his problems for the most part. Yeah, more or less. He doesn't know what to do. Like, Julia's family kind of hates him for... I don't know how he treated Julia. Like, you know, it's definitely like a His tough situation. His sister seems to like him fine. Yeah, Julia's sister's all right. And like yeah, he mentions that, but yeah. other than that, like most of the family hate him for like putting Julia in a home. Right. And like not visiting her enough. And Oh, do you get an option her, not so. to put her in a home? I, th- I think put her in might. a home. Yeah, so did I. Yeah. <laughs> We're too <But> similar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot of the same choices. Yeah. As we'll get into as, when we go through the story. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 definitely cool to see that because I remember uh, you sent me Aaron Signal's video on it. I'll probably maybe we'll remember to put it in the description. But yeah. uh, he does a really good video on it. And he he starts off by saying like you never really see a forty something uh, like main character, yeah. you know, trying to empathize empathize with their problems. And I'm like, I haven't really seen that. The closest I could think of was The Last of Us, but like it's not really about that. <laughs> yeah, no, and part. even then, like that yeah. that forty year old character is like stereotypical male protagonist like brown hair blue eyes you know pretty fit yeah uh, and it, like this guy like he, he's on the bigger side yeah like he's a, he's a big guy kind of like a bear and um yeah he's he's kind of socially awkward too socially or? awkward and like yeah you can see his face at a couple of points and yeah he's got a big old nose not not the most attractive thing in the world no he got a big beard he's just he's just a dude yeah. basically yeah he's <laughs> just just a guy instead yeah. of just being this like super perfect protagonist. I know exactly what you're getting yeah. at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so it's certainly interesting to see that kind of uh, a perspective that you don't normally see in games, which understandable. I mean, given the... Uh, it doesn't lend itself to hitting a wide audience, I wouldn't think. Uh, I mean, you can't... It's not the safest bet. It's harder to market the game on that. Yes. But, you know, the same same vein is is the protagonist of like the last of us what the game is about like is it yeah. about that like brown haired blue eye guy and being oh. a brown haired blue eye guy no it's I not it's just... about the world and firewatch did a thing it's like hey we have a very interesting story mm. and we want to tell that story yeah because i'd say definitely this is about for the most part henry uh, delilah as well but i would say it's about henry yeah yeah the story yeah that they go through though and that's, that's what they marketed on rather mm. than the world and that yeah <laughs> rather than what henry looks like yeah exactly um yeah so definitely interesting to see that do you have much more to say before we start to dive into story elements um not, not, not really i think oh one, one thing i did want to mention actually is i really liked the uh publisher developer relationship oh yeah and how they did that you know because most most games <laughs> like it does the intro and it's like um a game by publisher name here yeah, yeah. and then like footnote developed by <laughs> okay and you know it's very very obviously publisher dominant yep. whereas this like 
when, when it shows the publisher-developer relationship at the intro and in the uh, credits, it's very much equal footing. Okay. Which which I, I just liked that presentation. Right. Of it, I thought it was That's significantly more mature way to yeah. do things. Yeah, no, absolutely, because it's like, okay, guys, these are the people making the game. We all know you this. wouldn't have anything like, to sell if it wasn't for these developers. <laughs> exactly. Like, sure, like, you're helping with money and marketing and shit, but you like, wouldn't have anything without them. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. It's much better to see that on equal footing. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, yeah. So, do you want to get into it? Yeah. So I think we're going to start to get into story spoilers a bit for the game. So you know, if you want to go in totally empty, then hop in. Just hop out now. Play the game. Yeah, it's it only takes like three hours or so. Three to four hours. Yep, not too, too long. And then come back, join us for the rest of the conversation. Or if you want, you can just listen through it now. You know, play the game at your own leisure. Or yeah. if you already played it, then yeah, have fun with the story. So what do you think of the story, Cab? What, what is it exactly? Because I find it interesting. So basically, you have Henry, who he wants to, you know, go away and forget. But he knows that he shouldn't be there. At the beginning, that is one of the first options he gets to say. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's really, really interesting. I really like the beginning and how they enter. Like yeah. Delilah, you find out later that she's drunk, but she's just this like really she tries straightforward. Oh, just yeah. dives right into who you are as a person, like immediately. And I don't know that made me really like Delilah as a character yeah. pretty much immediately. Oh wait, we should be clear. If you haven't played the game, uh, Delilah is your supervisor who's watching you from another tower far away. Yeah, and just talking to it on radio. Yep, is basically what it is. So most of the game is actually just story presented through talking back and forth. Yeah, as well as some environmental details. I also I liked the way they did the talking. I thought it was kind of nice where you hold down the trigger with the left and then you get your multiple options and you let go with the other. Kind of yep. like a radio. Yeah, and you get to choose like what kind of thing you want to say. Or if you want, you can say nothing. Yeah. And then there's like you have options to report in on things like I see a chipmunk, you know. Oh, you talk to her about yeah, it. Or some really not. mundane things and some of it leads to some really interesting conversation. Yeah, but you get some elements between you and Delilah. But uh, what I was getting into initially was so Henry is in there with the idea of I shouldn't be here. Yeah. And then at the end, he still has the idea of I shouldn't be here. And it feels like nothing has changed. I feel like there's no arc for Henry at all. Yeah. And I, I think it's all right. So, yeah, it's probably probably just so we're getting the story across. Right. Yeah. This story isn't kind of your traditional like hero's journey or even anything close yeah. to that. It is a dark story that tries to emulate something that could happen like in real life very well. Yeah. Because I remember going into this game and I heard everyone say, you know, it's beautiful environment. The story is good until the end. And I can see why they would say that because it's not a movie story. Like you're saying, yeah, it's no, not you, a hero's journey. You don't get this big payoff at the end. No, you get this This basically, uh-oh, is something spooky happening? Oh, no, there's a big government conspiracy. <gasps> a couple of girls are dead. Well, it turns out that's not actually the case. And what you kind of expect have happened has happened. I mean, sure, there's one thing with Ned where it's like, well, I didn't. That, a, a rational person yeah, would not do that. But a bit, a bit of a surprise to to what does happen and stuff. But yeah, but at the same time, it's like, yeah. In, eh, in the end, it's out. all like, yeah, it's, these are reasonable things that the characters would do, and not some giant stroke of fortunate events to bring everything together. Yeah, and give us a happy ending. Yeah, so ultimately, you know, uh, with my ending, I had Delilah saying, you know, you should just go be with your wife. And he's kind of like, eh. Yeah. Like, it's, it's like not much really changes. Yeah. It's just kind of like, yeah, uh, I'm, I am I went to leave my problems. And what happened? Not much got solved. Yeah. And, you know, you could, you could look at that as a criticism of the game. Or, honestly, it's a bit of a breath of fresh air to have a little bit of 
more realism and a more mature game, and not just mature in the blood and guts and sex and whatever, but like a mature in the sense stuff of like it a, deals with in the story exactly, yeah. and it deals with it in a uh, a more honest and realistic manner. Yeah, well, I think the story is just so much about like just life and living through life, and really like you aren't seeing the beginning to the end of these people's lives. You aren't going to get the story arc of their no. successes and their failures and that kind of stuff. This is just one summer of their life and yeah. sure it was a very eventful yeah. summer but in the end it is you know it's just life stuff happens and you know in the end really not that much is going to have changed yeah so getting into actually what the story is for the most part so you have henry you know he's trying to uh, run away from his past and then you also have delilah who's an interesting character who you know the backstory that we get from her is that she had a boyfriend you know she loved him a whole bunch whatever his sister died and for some reason, which she didn't really get into, she decided not to go to the funeral. Yeah, I think she was getting kind of emotionally it. disconnected from yeah. the boyfriend a little bit. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so she didn't do that. And, you know, then he left her, which eh, I can understand that. Yeah. Um, and then she couldn't even bring herself to, to go through why. So she told her sister that he fucked someone else. Right. Yeah. And then she just took this job and didn't look back. And that was like five years ago or something. like Yes. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, she's just been doing this job ever since. And she's an interesting character. What, you, what, what kind of read did you get from Delilah? I don't know. She seemed pretty um, easygoing and, like, kind of willing to just, like, do whatever. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, it's like, oh, let's do this. Yeah, sure. <laughs> like, you know, that kind of easygoing personality. Um, but at the same time, kind of very reserved and talking about yeah herself like it's it's really hard to get details on her backstory yeah no um, for sure but but you can like tell there's a lot of emotional attachment that she grows with uh, henry yeah what i get from her is someone who's bored which fair enough yeah and henry is ultimately your sense of entertainment yeah for the most part now is it directly established that she talks to a lot of other people a lot? Because I think at one point they're like, do you talk to other people this much? And she's like, nah, just you for the most part. Yeah, so she does have to communicate with some other people, but the only person she like, has frequent conversations with is yeah. Henry. It gave me very much a uh, Jackie Phoenix movie, uh, Her. If you yeah, saw it, yeah. it kind of gave me a lot of vibes of that. Yeah, a little bit, because yeah, they're both kind of lonely, but they have each other. Yeah, but ultimately, you know... Um, what I took from her, at least, is that like she may not be honest with you, and she may be having similar relationships and connections to other people, which is spoilers for her. But that's basically what was going on. You know, yeah. he thought he had this emotional connection with his phone. Well, it turns out she was talking to a million other people at the same time. Yeah, you know. So, uh, so that's kind of what I, uh, at least, I guess that movie implanted in my mind this idea of, you know, she could be saying she, oh wow, I have the most fun with you and this and that, but like, there could be four other people that she's talking to at the same time, not the same time, but you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't ever feel like Henry was used or anything like that. No, I don't. I don't mean used, Sorry. but just like he is. She is the only one that he has a connection with, but she has multiple other options. And yeah, she could just be bouncing around. You don't know. Yeah, maybe that's just me not being a very trusting person. <laughs> I didn't worry about that no. at all. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess that was just implanted in my head, primarily from her. I was like, oh, yeah. are they going to pull this type of thing on us? But they didn't. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So they're going through and. What I love at the beginning of this game is you get to do just forest rangery type stuff. So you look off in the distance, yeah. she's like, oh my God, someone's doing off fireworks. We have a high fire index right now. Get on that. Yeah. 
So you go down there, and then you go and you find these kids and they're uh, skinny dipping in this pool. You're like, hey, get out of here, you know? And they're stomping out fires and stuff. I love that shit. That yeah. is awesome. <laughs> um, you know, and, and then it goes on from there, and they call you a creep and whatever. And then you find out yeah. that your place has been broken into. They threw your typewriter out the window. Yes, yes. And, uh, you know, things escalate from there. Now, it turns out the girls end up going missing. Mm-hmm. And you were the last known person to see them. Yeah. And then you discover that someone's been reading it or listening in on your uh, radio transmissions. Between you and Delilah. Yes. So, you know, it, it sets up this bit of intrigue, and there's this fence. That's that's set up that Delilah knows nothing about, and this this kind of station called Wapiti Station that's going on there, yeah. and you know it's it starts to culminate in a, in a pretty interesting way, you know where you're like, what's going on? Like these girls are missing. People think I murdered them. We have Wapiti Station. Someone's following us. Oh my God, Wapiti Station's now on fire, and we're implicated in the fire because uh, Delilah says you should just burn this whole place down. Yeah. When you get in there, and then someone recorded that piece of conversation, gives it to you, so you know it's it's culminating in this big event and you're like what's going on you know this this is where yeah someone's trying to scare the crap out of you for some reason yes exactly and i find i found delilah was an interesting character in that is that she would escalate things yeah to the like you know if we were to follow delilah's uh mind or chain of events we would have your standard movie or hero's journey for the most part i think because that's how i feel she interprets interprets things for the most part whereas henry is yeah. more of a realist sort of henry henry can get kind of very worried about it as well, and like you have well, that I'd be option. Fucking scared too, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, like Henry, Henry is the one who like got hit on the head, right? Like, yeah, he's he's had the like connection with this, and like at the beginning, uh, Delilah is very like skeptical. Is like, you sure you saw this? Like, yeah, you sure that is what it is? You're not like just misremembering things because he got hit on the head or whatever. Yeah, and uh, but yeah, eventually she really she goes into full it. panic mode. Yeah, yeah, it gets him a second uh, a second radio and everything like that, and. Yeah, she was yeah. kind of smart about it, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, she was. Yeah, she's like, go to this location. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, she's pretty clever about that. But uh, yeah, and then it turns out, so the whole time you've been following through this story, that um, there's this guy, Ned, and his son. I want to say Billy, but that's wrong. Uh, we'll go with Billy for today. So basically, <laughs> uh, yeah, you had Ned. He was out Brian. there. Brian. Brian, yes. Good and uh, Ned yeah. and Brian. And Brian was trying to get away from the daily grind or he wanted his son to explore nature a little bit. Yeah. So he brought his, brought his son, Brian along, yeah. which he wasn't supposed to do. No. Not supposed to have a kid. But Delilah was like, you know what? I'll let it slide. Like, yeah. And wants this kid to have a good summer, you know? Yeah. And Delilah like kind of talks to this kid a bunch and yeah. goes, he's a pretty cool kid. Yep. And you know, he, he was a kid that, uh, he's not like his father in a lot of ways. So his father's, you know, an outdoorsy guy, do, does a lot of climbing and everything like that. Whereas Brian's kind of a Dungeons and Dragons type. You yeah, know? very He's nerdy kid. Very nerdy kid. He's not really interested in that. Well, anyway, it turns out that um, that Ned was kind of pushing Brian outside of his comfort zone a bit yeah, and maybe trying to make him become a person that he wasn't. And what ends up happening is there a cli- there's a climbing incident, which I think is a great PSA because this is 1989, Kev, and they're using <laughs> pitons, specifically pitons, as an anchor point, a single anchor point. Don't ever do that because it will kill you. That is my climbing <laughs> PSA for the day. Oh, my God. When I saw that, that they're using pitons, I was like, okay, pitons are pretty sketchy because they don't hold very well. And I'm like, they're just using single pitons as anchor points? Oh, my God. <laughs> don't do that. Don't ever do that. I don't know if that's going to apply to anyone out there, but uh, just Maybe. 
in my heart of hearts, I need to let that information be known. Oh my <laughs> god. Anyway, um, Brian dies. Yeah. And yeah, falls into pretty deep cave. Pretty deep cave. Ned obviously knows about it. Yeah. And what does he do? He goes into hiding. Yeah. Just just gonna live out in the woods for the rest of his life. Yep. So he's do. so when you arrive, he's been there for three years hiding, and he is the one listening in your conversations. Yeah. So, you know, he's he's recording everything you say, and uh, the Wapiti station was actually just set up by a local botanist. Yeah. And he didn't really tell anyone about it, put up some fences, and just kind of did his thing. Well, Ned broke in there, set up a radio transmitter that somehow he got the parts for. I don't really know that part. Well, like, I guess he was also into, like, playing around with electronics and stuff. Yeah. You see that when you find his little cave home thing. Yeah, exactly. So, anyway, so then he sets up that to spy on you guys, which... Ultimately, as a story piece, is really weird. It's like, dude, if you just want to hide out, just hide out. But I guess everyone needs a hobby. Yeah, I think part of it was like a little bit going crazy. Like, yeah, you get this like tape from him at the end. He's like, you guys are really fun to talk to. And, you know, calls Delilah a record that you don't have to flip. Yeah. Like that kind of stuff. And I, I think part of what drove him to revealing himself a bit is just being like, what can I do with these people? Yeah, you'd be lonely after a yeah. while, I would think. So anyway, so then he hides off, and uh, you know he takes off and hides. And because you and Delilah are implicated in this, you're kind of going to keep low about it. There's a fire that's been burning that you then have to get evacuated from, and the game ends. Yeah. Basically. Well, yeah, you get the little bit of text with like Delilah and stuff, and you can kind of like talk about like what it is that the relationship between Henry and Delilah meant. Yeah. Because, like, there's points earlier in the game that you can kind of, like, flirt with her. And, like, when that fire first starts, like, uh, you can kind of be like, you know, I wish you were here watching this with me. Like, instead of yeah. just talking over the radio. And and she says she'd like that, too. Right? Yeah. So th- there is some there's some chemistry there. There's uh, some yeah, romantic. They get along well, on. but, you know, that's it turns a lot towards the end of the game because... You know, Delilah liked Brian as a kid. He was a good kid. Yeah. And whenever he finds out that Brian basically got killed by Ned's incompetence as a that father. she let slide yeah, as well. You know, she could have reported Ned for having a kid out there and being like, you know, yeah. get that kid back to the city. <laughs> yeah. So ultimately, you know, you and I chose the same ending at the end when she's like, what do you want me to do? And, uh, you know, I both said, you know, come back with me to Boulder. Yeah. And she's like, no. She doesn't want any of that because she now, wants to like, forget all of this part of her life. Yeah, and this, you're a part of it. Yeah, pretty big part. You're you're yeah. the one who told her that you know Brian's dead. Yeah, and yeah, I, I, like I feel like this is really where the story. This is where I found the payoff in the story that I guess yeah. other people didn't find to be quite a payoff was that like, oh yeah, this is a very real kind of human emotion and like desire yeah. that like you know I could relate with. At the very least, and like I understand why the story ends here. Mm. It's because Delilah, as a character, needs this to end. Yeah, she wants she, to get away done. from it. Yeah, she she wants to get away from this, and which I don't is kind of funny. That's do. a recurring theme through this game. Is just wanting to get away from your troubles exactly. and stuff. And you know, it's kind of funny that there's pretty much no character growth. Yeah, after that. Well, that's that's why we were saying like it's such a real tale. You know, there's. That's what happens when you try and run away from your problems for the most part. It's just like you don't really change much. You don't really address anything. Yeah, you either just have to keep running away. You're just kind of the same person. Find and new you're problems just, to run away from. Yeah, exactly. And you're just kind of bumping into And sure, you learn things along the way, but 
it doesn't yeah. really change much. It's it's not. Yeah. Yeah, and at the end, like Delilah asks you what you're gonna do, and basically, I don't know if you have any other options other than like. No, she tells you what to do. She tells you what to do. Yeah, and so for me, she said, "Go back and see your wife." Oh yeah, she, yeah, but your responses are basically yeah. Like, no. <laughs> yeah, what did you pick for a response? I I think I said yes. Like, uh, okay, I understand. Oh yeah, I said no. Yeah. Oh, you said no. Yeah. Oh, what was the response? Um, kind of kind of similar to like. Yeah. She tells you a few times earlier in the game too. Go yeah. visit her and like she understands that like it's a really difficult thing to do and you know it's kind of just like that at the end as well okay yep yeah i don't know i thought i thought it was interesting um overall as a story i mean it does have that kind of it's not what you want to happen because you would expect something else right like it's, yeah. it's not the ending you want for these characters but at the same time as far as the likability like these characters are charismatic sure but they're real they're not like the most likable people you know they're yeah. not they're not someone you're rooting for above all else significantly like, more relatable than like the hero who yeah. saves the day no exactly but like henry at the same time like i think it's totally fair to call henry an asshole a little bit yeah yeah and it's kind of totally fair to call a Eli- delilah an asshole as well yeah like given what she's done so it's like yeah i can get that so for them to be rooting for them to have like the the happily ever after ending yeah you know it doesn't really have that feel because they're more grounded characters they're they're complex characters they're complex and nuanced i mean to say yeah um so it's it's interesting to have see have this ending and have people react so negatively to it yeah i don't know it's like, well you mentioned to me kind of early early on when you were playing you're like oh i sure hope this doesn't turn into some kind of love story yeah and like i, I think that's i think that's probably what people were looking for is like yeah. At least, like, Delilah and Henry tackle that problem together. Like, exactly. That'd be a little bit brighter, a little bit happier. Definitely not but, happier ever after, even that great of a thing. Is that happy but, ever after? But, like, He's I think that's what people were wife. looking for, right? Yeah. And, I don't know. Yeah, it was very much not a... Not a, <laughs> yeah, these two go off and live happily ever after kind of thing. Which is good. Yeah, I mean, it's it's nice to have that. It pushes the medium forward in some way, right? Yeah, because we have something that's willing to address these issues in such a way and give you an ending where you're just like, "Fuck," you know. Like I had uh, the same reaction actually to. Uh, did, did you see the movie Gone Home? No, fuck. That's uh, the video game. We no, played. no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, the Ben Affleck flick, uh, Gone Girl. Oh yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mom hated the ending because yeah. it wasn't a storybook happy ending. But like, in a realistic ending, it's like, yeah, a conniving person like that. That's. That's probably how that would go down. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's no... Yep, he's he's stuck with this. So, it's sure, it's not as dark of an ending as, as uh, Gone Girl, but... Yeah. It kind of has that kind of feel to it, and it's it's going to be divisive. It seems like people uh, on the whole have spoken, though, that this game is, is well-received. Yeah. I, I think, really, if you want to do this kind of story, all you need is kind of, like, a conclusive ending point. Yeah. You know, Gone Girl kind of nailed that, where it's like, yeah, this is just how his life's going to be. Yeah. From now on, and you know, and this is just like, you know, they did their summer, they spent their time mm. at this national park. Like this is where things end, and they split off in their own ways. And I guess part of the reason, maybe why it's a negative experience, is because you feel like you have no real impact on Henry's life for the most part. Because you know, as a player, you want to feel like you're making a change or some type of difference or have agency yeah. over this world, but ultimately, you really don't. 
You yeah, get to name is, a turtle pretty much. That's like well, as far as your decisions, you don't you don't get much. Yeah, it's kind of nice because like I don't, I don't I don't like playing video games where the world revolves around the character. Yeah, and you know this very much feels like there's a world alive and characters alive that really don't give much of a shit about the character at all. No, absolutely, and I think that's really echoed well with the environment itself, specifically because it is like a national park kind of thing. So it's like, why would they have a path up here just designed for you? Well, no people are walking through this path. Like it makes sense to have an, a spot to anchor a rope or like yeah. to chalk off spots where you can actually climb up. It's like, well, yeah, you know, they, they realize people are going to climb up this part. Well, we might as well put some chalk on it. Like, you know, it's yeah. logical park things that make sense for you to get around this environment. Or like, yeah, there's a little campfire spot right by this lake. Yeah. Of yeah. course people are going to camp. <laughs> yeah. yeah that lake. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. There are some things where it, it is a little bit clunkier. Like you were talking to me about, a point that uh yeah got, so what is it exactly in order to keep the game fairly linear because you have to just do these little story bits yeah and you know if you could explore the whole map all the time there would be a sh- whole bunch of nothing yeah um in order to keep it kind of linear like that they uh kind of just put bushes or move trees and you know that kind of stuff to block the players from going certain directions yeah um which is a little bit weird because like you can be blocked by bushes one day and then the very next day those bushes are just clear and you can just go through yeah definitely weird yeah. um now i'm gonna get to my biggest complaint of the game and that's the jump cuts yeah the I pacing a is a bit weird the pacing is like entirely centered around the like narrative that yeah. the game has because i don't know you start off and you're on day three and the next thing you know it you know within five minutes later you got day like 60 it's like, what the hell happened? Like, you know, so much time skips through. I didn't like that. But at the same time, it, uh, I don't know. It was it was inconsistent. Because sometimes she would be like, get back to your hut right now. Okay, I'm going to go back. Poof, you're there. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then other times, it's like, get back to your hut. Oh, I'm going to get boofed there again. And then you don't. And you're like, oh, that oh means there something's going to happen. Story, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's that kind of stuff. And I, I don't know. It's part of like just feeling like you're in that world kind of sucks to not get to go through that world right like when you have to like i don't know i feel like the game would probably have a lot different feel and you know kind of kind of feel more about the world if just simply to end a day you had to go to the bed in yeah your cabin because then you can explore this beautiful world that they have designed at your leisure kind of right like yeah which is what you would do if you were a a park ranger, you know, or like a, a fire watcher. Like that's that's what you would do. Well, it's sort of. You're not supposed to leave that tower technically, but yeah, I guess so. But if your <laughs> boss is telling you to do it, yeah, then, I know. Yeah. If, you're, if you're there all the time, like, yeah, and especially just like having to walk back from going somewhere, and like, you know, I I feel like to really pull that off, they would have had to make significantly more interesting paths. Yeah, especially like. You know, go here this way, return a different way, which they did a little bit when they yeah. had to. Um, but, you know, just adding more of that and forcing the player to do it kind of definitely get across the uh, feel of just being in a national park in the woods. Right. A lot better than what they had with the jump cuts whenever. But one point where the jump cuts kind of worked for me was it was probably my favorite Henry moment. And it's just it's such a small thing, but he's just he's up there and he's on some rocks and he's just sitting there eating his lunch and he's like, God, this is a beautiful place. And it's like, see, this is exactly what I want. Like, this is this is kind of why he went out here, you know? Yeah. This, this would be, at least, it related closely to me because, you know, I 
I would love this job. Yeah. Like, you know, if I had time to do it, but like, this is very much a Nathan thing. Whereas, you know, I rock climber, I bike, I, all that crap, all camping and all that stuff like that is, that is my thing. So to have someone who's just like, just out there, just kind of sitting on top of a big rock face, looking out at the sunset and enjoying it. I can relate to that so much. And it's just like, this is a really nice Henry. Like he didn't have to go up there. That's not an efficient way to eat your lunch, but like he's just enjoying what he has because he has so much free time. Yep out here so i wish we could have saw a little bit more of that from henry and i think the uh jump cuts were a kind of a good way to do it or at least to come back like you know henry's living when you're not activating with him you yeah know what I mean? he still does stuff yeah just telling that story quickly and you know a lot of that big jump cut was really just like it just sets up a little bit like there's a lot of just the same days and stuff yeah. kind of in and out and okay now we're gonna go towards the end of the summer yeah it's kind of the grind yeah um yeah, I thought it was interesting though. I don't know, coming on the tail end here, what do you do you have any final thoughts? Ah, not really. I don't think there was really much more I had to say about the game. Fair enough. Would you recommend it? Yeah, definitely. I would too, actually. Um Yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's beautiful. It's uh we, we have to give credit to I don't know about you, but I thought the voice acting was fantastic. So good. Really good. Yeah. Like, I really uh I really enjoyed uh Rich Summer as uh as Henry. Yeah. He was he was good, man. He was just really charismatic in the way he delivered his lines, and it was—he's uh, just a good actor. Yeah, that's that's clear to be able to tell that. And I like Delilah. Delilah is great. She, yeah, she's exactly the character she needed to be. Yeah, you know. And uh, yeah, those guys knocked it out of the fucking park. Yeah, definitely. There was like zero lines that like took me out of it at all. And the writing was good. There was nothing that really like fell flat on its face or anything like that. Yeah. Like you know, we've been playing some games recently that the right like um to the moon. To the moon. Where it was kind of like, oh, boy. You <laughs> yeah, know, the dialogue writing... isn't serving the theme or yeah, really but, stuff uh, like that. But with this, you know, the, the dialogue between the, the characters was the thing I looked forward to the most. Yep. And that's what you want from a story-based game like that when you're hanging off of every word, you know? Yeah, you well, there's it. a lot of times I'm just like, can I talk to Delilah about this? Oh, no, I can't. Yeah, it was kind of disappointing, but yeah. I mean, you can't talk to Delilah about everything. Yeah. Sure, fair enough. There's limitations. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I really liked it. Yeah, it was great. I thought it was good. I, I would definitely recommend it. Um, it's probably on sale right now. Yep. Steam. Uh, yeah, it'll still be on sale as you... Oh, it ends on the 5th. So, go fast. Go fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that's what we played this week. Next week, we will be playing Antichamber and get your puzzle hats on because, buddy, this is a weird one. Oh, yeah. This is like... It's yeah, an interesting man. story to how it was made, though. So yes, if you want to go, check out the GDC talk on it. Um, what's it called? Antichamber something something. Yeah, just search Antichamber on the GDC yeah, YouTube you'll be channel. Able to find and it. Uh, yeah, it's actually the developer talking about his. He has one that was like the tech side of it, and one that was like the kind of story about how he actually got the game the out there. The story behind how he got it out there is fucking awesome. Yeah, Definitely really really good. To check it out. It's like an hour and a half long or something like that, but totally worth it. Really good. Um, so yeah, we'll catch you guys for that. And if you don't know, you know, this is Namecast. This is a podcast that goes up every week. And we have a YouTube channel. You can reach us yeah. at uh, youtube.com slash Namecast. That's and we are also on podcast services such as Google Play and iTunes. So if you want, mm-hmm. just leave us a review on there, something like that. Even if you don't listen to it as your normal platform, if you could do that, that would help us out a lot. Just get, you know, more people boost. in on the conversation. Yeah, and exactly. if you want... Maybe share it to a friend. See if they're interested in this type of conversation or if they would like this. Yeah, if they're looking for some indie games to play. We're talking about a lot of them. Something to talk about. That is all we do here. 
Anyway, folks, it's been lovely talking to you. Um, we'll catch you guys next time in our takedown of Bonus Barrel. I'm, make, I'm keeping it a thing, Kev. We aren't even doing anything other than just saying takedown of Bonus Barrel. Listen, if you, <laughs> if you say something enough, you will will it into existence. Yeah, that's how that works. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. I like Bonus See Barrel. Ya. Bye, guys. I'm headed off to Oshoshone Where the birds and the bees won't know me Men and boys exist no more and there ain't no gals to keep no scorn i'm headed off to old shoshone where the elk and the owls won't know me where there ain't no judges to whom i gotta plead because i can be me in old shoshone